It takes a lot of work, time, and money to produce all the content we have here at 7 Lamb. If you enjoy our shows and would like to help us out, we're on Patreon. You can visit patreon.com forward slash 7 Lamb. We have multiple tiers to choose from with tons of bonus content like scripts, extra episodes, bloopers, talks with the cast, and early ad-free releases. Our patrons are a big help and allow us to keep producing quality content. So if you'd like to help us out, once again, that's patreon.com forward slash 7 lamb. The number 7, L-A-M-B. Thanks. I still couldn't sleep. I should probably take another pill, but instead I sat on the couch staring at the blank TV. Would the suffering ever end? I decided to get a drink. I stared at the half bottle of Jameson on the fridge. Don't do it, Val. Don't do it. (sighs) Fuck it. I was weak. I downed the glass in two gulps. (sighs) What would Delilah say right now? She'd probably just shake her head and leave disappointed. That's all I was now, a disappointment. And yet, I didn't change. One glass wouldn't suffice. Might as well make another. What the fuck? I ran into the living room to find the front window smashed. Glass shards littered the spot where I was just sitting. I followed the trail of glass to a brick. I bent down and picked it up. Written in black chalk on the other side? Murderer. My eyes welled up and my throat tightened. I stared at the glass of Jameson in my hand. I began to shake, trying to keep everything bottled up, but it didn't last. I threw the glass across the room where it struck the sailboat painting and shattered. No, Val. The suffering won't end. I went back to the kitchen, grabbed the Jameson bottle, and downed the rest. Seven Lamb Productions presents The Stone House Episode 7 I stared down at the rocks below. I rubbed my finger, wondering if I should look for the ring. It never made it to the water, but would I be able to find it? If I were to look, I should do it now, before the boat arrives. This was our third day on the shitty island. Not only was I bored out of my mind, but I was also done with Gavin and his bullshit. Luckily, this morning, me and Dee ate alone. Gavin tended to his garden behind the house. I skipped lunch and instead took some time to myself. I was still upset with Dee for talking about our son with that fucking asshole. 
I turn around to see Dee walking up. Val? Yeah? I talked to Gavin. I'm sure you did. About the boat. Over lunch? Yes, but now he's back in the garden. What did he say? He said he wasn't sure. What does that mean? He said a few days before. It's been a few. Right, and he doesn't know where the boat is? He said it'll get here when it gets here. What the hell kind of answer is that? Please, Val, don't make things worse. Worse? You know what I mean. You don't want me to upset your friend? He's not my friend. I told you... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to... Bring up our issues? I... I... I just want to go home. No, you don't. What? Of course I do. You mean your parents' home. What? You don't want to go home. You want to go back to your parents. Dee had been staying with her parents ever since she moved out. She had no desire to come back home. And with this trip a total bust, there would be no us when we got back. We can figure things out when we get back to the States. I noticed Gavin in the middle of the field brushing dirt from his clothes and watching us. Noah ran by him and into the house. But Gavin was fixated on us. Or was it just Dee? He's looking over here. He does that a lot. He likes you. I've noticed. I'm going to go talk to him. About what? About the fucking boat. I told you what he told me. And that's bullshit. Well, it could still be coming. I want to know when. I don't trust this guy. And neither should you. She grabbed my arm. I don't. But she trusted him enough to confide in him. (laughs) I pulled from her grasp and pushed past. I made my way over to Gavin. As I got closer, his creepy smile faded. Good day, Val. I notice you like the view. You stand over there often. Dee said you don't know when the boat is coming. Delilah inquired and I informed her that the boat arrives when it arrives. It's hardly been enough time. How do you not know? What if something happened? Like what? Anything. You have no way to communicate to the outside world. Does that trouble you? Yes, it does, actually. Me and my wife are ready to leave. We have been stranded here for three days now. Stranded? That's what I would call it. Shelter? Food? Clothing? You call that stranded? We can't leave. That's not stranded. That's being trapped. Trapped implies prevention. Prevention to move around? Prevention from leaving the island. Because you're free to move around the island. As long as you do me the common courtesy of asking. (sighs) This is insane. What if you wanted to leave? I wouldn't. I love this island. The last thing I'd want to do is leave me home. The stone house is my sanctuary. My comfort. I instantly thought about the night Dee packed her bags and left to go to her parents. I remember wanting to curl up and die right then. But believe me, there's nothing more that I want than for you to leave me island. Is that right? I wouldn't say it if it weren't true. He smirked, causing a chill to run down my spine.
Here we are, completely dry. Gavin had washed the blankets earlier in the day and set them up to dry on a rack behind the house. You can feel them yourselves. Thank you for doing that. Dee nudged me as I accepted the blanket. Yes, thank you. Hi. Gavin turned away, about to walk back down the hall, but stopped himself. He turned around, scratching his chin. I almost forgot. Delilah, Noah wanted to know if you could talk him in tonight. Oh? Yes, I, I hate to be a bother, but the boy's obviously taken a liking to you. Do you mind? No, of course not. I can do that. Great. Great. He's waiting now. Oh, okay. Delilah handed me her blankets and followed Gavin down the hallway. God, I was really starting to hate this guy. I put the blankets on the couch arm, pulling mine free. I quickly shook myself out of my overshirt and climbed onto the couch under my sole blanket. The fire was almost out, but Gavin was adamant about not adding more logs at night. His stupid fucking rules. Mm, there we are. Noah smiled and tucked his chin over the blanket, his arms locked to his side. I took a quick glance of his room. This was the second time I was in here, and I couldn't help but continue to be confused by the decor, or lack thereof. For a child's room, the walls were almost bare. The only furniture in his room was a trunk for the small amount of toys, a closet, and a small wooden desk that looked like it was recently put together. I was also constantly confused by the spare room I stayed in. Gavin mentioned it was his wife's, but it too was pretty bare. You're tucked in there tight, buddy. All right. Good night. Sleep tight. I was about to stand, but stopped myself. Instead, turning back to Noah. Noah, I hope you decide to talk to me soon. We're going to be leaving here any day now when the boat arrives. You don't have to right now, but I hope you decide to before I go. I don't think you're really as shy as your dad says. That's when his face slowly faded to one of discomfort. His smile, now a frown. Everything okay there? But he didn't move. Noah? After about 20 seconds, he broke eye contact and turned his head away, facing the wall. It was weird. Okay, Noah. Well, I'm gonna go now. Good night. Sleep tight and don't let the bed bugs bite. I blew out the candle lantern by the door and walked out. I walked down the hall towards the firelight dancing off the kitchen walls, but when I passed Gavin's room, his door was slightly ajar, and while I didn't mean to, I got a glimpse of him sitting in an old rocking chair at the far end, facing me. He was in nothing but underwear. He smiled and nodded as I walked by. I instantly tensed up and continued to the living room. <sighs> Everything alright? Yes. Yeah, it is. Noah say anything? No. Okay. Night, Dee. I heard Gavin's bedroom door close. Why was he watching the door? Was he waiting for me to pass by? Dee? Yeah? You going to bed? Yeah, I... Uh, I am. I grabbed the blankets by Val's feet and made my way down the other hall. But before I reached the room, I got the urge to talk to Val... I still felt horribly for talking to Gavin about... Hunter. 
I went back to the living room to see Val on his side, eyes closed. When he heard me approach, he turned to face me. Hey. What's going on? I really am sorry. Do you... Let's worry about this later. No, Val. I feel like we've both been fucking up a lot recently. We've both made mistakes, and I just want to move past all this. It's fine. Oh, it's not. I shouldn't have talked to Gavin. Being upset isn't an excuse. I love you, Val. I still do. I want to keep pushing forward. I want to fix us. So do I. I wouldn't have decided to do this trip if I didn't think we had a chance. I caressed his face. When I say I want to get back home, I mean just that. Our home. Really? Yes. I was trying to fight back tears. I hope we can leave soon. Me too. I leaned over and kissed him slowly. Come lay with me. What? Come lay with me for a while. What about his rules? Just for a while. You can come back out here later. Please, uh, I miss you. I want it to be like when we were at the B&B. I want it to be like it once was. He smiled warmly and nodded. Okay. I held his hand and led him to the bedroom. Why do I feel like a teenager again? Because we have to sneak around in this house. But Noah's asleep, so he won't see any impurities. We climbed onto the bed under all the blankets. I snuggled up under his arm and lay my hand on his chest, feeling it rise and fall with every slow breath. Val? Yeah? Isn't it weird that this is his wife's room? What? He said this is his wife's room. His wife's bed. So? So, it's pretty empty. I didn't think anyone stayed in here. I thought it was just a spare room. Listen, I wouldn't give it too much thought. The guy's weird. I don't think he always tells us the truth, either. Can't wait to be off his stupid island. I smirked. He called the island stupid. Even though yesterday, he just had to explore it. What if he sees you're not on the couch? I'll go back out there before he wakes up. I was worried about being kicked out, but I didn't want Val to leave. I'll just stay until you fall asleep, okay? Okay. I slowly closed my eyes and let Val's rhythmic breathing lull me to sleep. I stood on the beach watching the slowly rolling waves. Seagulls flew overhead, hovering near the tops of the palms. The steady breeze made my hair bounce on my forehead until I brushed it back. I could hear the faint sound of splashing and laughter, and there, in the distance, was D. And he was here again. He wasn't supposed to be. Not that I didn't love him, not that he invaded my space, but how was I to forget to move on if even here he was sitting with D? Splashing and playing. My eyes welled, my stomach tightened. I couldn't see his face, his back to me, but Dee looked up and waved me over. I didn't go. I didn't move. I couldn't. 
What was that sound? What was... My eyes shot open. What happened? Where was I? It took me a moment to realize my location. The damn stone house. That creek. I looked towards the door, which was slightly ajar. A shadow passed by. Oh no. I slowly pulled my arm free from Delilah, careful not to wake her. I made my way into the hallway. Was someone here? I guess it's time to go to the couch anyway. No need to be scolded again. The fire was still going and actually looked to be brighter. Have a good nap, eh? I startled. Gavin was sitting at the end of the dining table facing me. The light from the fire just barely illuminating his upper body. He had something in his hand. I felt goosebumps on my arms and neck. D had trouble sleeping. I attended to our needs then. Uh, sure. I slowly made my way forward, and that's when I realized he was holding a cup. A bottle of wine sitting next to him on the table. She's asleep now? Yes, that's why I came back out here. Is that why? But I didn't answer him. I was having trouble sleeping myself. Happens from time to time. Yes, well, I think I'll be fine. Will ya? But then I thought about my dream. My happy place. The fact that Hunter was there again. Come sit with me. Have a drink. It's like he could sense my inner thoughts. It was chilling. No, I... I should go to sleep. You tired? Not really. Not anymore. Then come have a drink, eh? He raised his cup up in a friendly gesture before taking a solid gulp. <sighs> I got plenty. I sat on the other side of the table. You look troubled. Have yourself a nightmare. He knew I was sleeping in the bedroom. No. Is it me then? I just... I shouldn't drink. Nah. Here. He pushed the whole bottle toward me. You can have a sip. No, I... I really shouldn't. You gonna make me drink alone? Have some. I stared at the bottle of red with its label half torn. What? You think it's poisoned? Uh, what? You think it's poisoned? No. Give it here. I pushed the bottle back to him. He took a swig. Ah, very good. There's your proof. He slid the bottle back to me. That's not... That's... What is it? I shouldn't drink. You shouldn't walk around me island without asking either, but nothing stopped you then now, did it? Seriously? I'm just having you on. It's a joke, my friend. If you had a bad dream, if you had trouble sleeping, this will surely help. I stared at the bottle, slowly turning it in my hand. One sip won't kill you, will it? D would have a fit. And if you have more than one sip, well, then you got yourself a bad dream killer right there. Conk your right out, yeah? I continued to spin the bottle in my hand. It was still two-thirds full. Fuck it. Just one sip. There you go. Pass it here. It's good. Have more. One sip is enough. Is it? I don't believe that. He took another swig and shoved the bottle back to me. I caught it awkwardly just before it left the table. You want to kill them dreams, don't you? Take another. 
I looked back at the hallway. I heard a noise, and the thought of Dee seeing me with this bottle made me uneasy. What you looking for? Nothing. I, uh, thought I heard something. Hurry it up. Pass it back. You ain't the only one with bad dreams, boyo. We ended up doing this for the next ten minutes. Swigging and sliding. Swigging and sliding. You thought I were to be upset, yeah. What? About you sleeping in the room with Delilah. About breaking me rules. Sure. Yeah. But now? But now, what? You think I'm still upset? I don't know. Are you? Not if you pass me back that bottle. We drank more than half of what was left. I knew I shouldn't be doing this, but with every sip I felt better and better. You shouldn't have been there, though. Gavin held the bottle like he was going to slide it, but didn't. Instead, he leaned forward, staring at me with unblinking eyes. You shouldn't have been in the room. I didn't respond right away. Instead, I watched as a smile slowly grew, pushing up his thick mustache. He still didn't blink. You shouldn't have been in there. No. But who am I to stand in the way? Wait. What? Where's your ring? He motioned to my hand. I rubbed it, feeling the sadness creep in, feeling myself slowly become sober. You threw it. She told you? I saw you. Oh. Go ahead now. He slid the bottle back to me. (coughs) Give her ear. Gavin took a swig and quickly passed the bottle back. We continued on in silence until the bottle was empty. I was feeling good. Really good. Think that'll quell the dreams, eh? I, uh... Hope so. Dreams of your boy. What? I assume that's what it is. No? I think I'm good for tonight. The wine was hitting me now. My face was warm and slightly numb. Again, I heard a noise from the hallway. I turned, hoping to God Dee wasn't awake. But no one was there. Nothing. You know, I still have bad dreams. Nightmares. I turned back to Gavin, the yellow-orange flickering firelight dancing along his crooked face. I have them every night. What about? My family. Nadia and my son. You have nightmares about your son? I just wanted a family and she took that from me. Forced me to leave her. Leave? What do you mean? Just want my family. Always have. Through the good and the bad. I can't let her leave again. I can't lose her and my son again. What the fuck was this guy talking about? I don't want anyone or anything to stand in the way of that. Again, a noise behind me, but before I was able to turn and look, Gavin slid the empty bottle back to me. I quickly caught it before it went off the side of the table. You understand? No. I don't. 
That's when I noticed a dark shadow blocking the fire and creeping over me. I spun around, thinking I would have to explain myself, but when I did, I realized it wasn't D. Ah! Something slammed against the side of my head. As I fell out of my chair, I noticed Gavin rush up and grab the bottle out of my hand, caressing it, not letting it hit the ground with me. He carefully placed the bottle on the table and took a step back. My vision was blurry. I had no idea what was going on, what had just happened, but I was in a lot of pain. Another figure appeared and stepped over me, a small object in the figure's hand. The hand slowly raised, and in the blurriness, I saw the object. It was a brick, and it came down with a force. Uh, uh. When I came to, I was facing a large rock but laying on leaves. My head was throbbing and I had trouble moving. I slowly rolled onto my back. I was now looking up at tall trees with interconnecting branches, allowing only a little of the morning light to seep through. Where was I? Oh no, he's awake. Hello? Who's there? No, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. You shouldn't be awake. I tried to get up, but that's when I realized my arms and legs were tied. My arms behind my back only allowed me to roll. But I was also sore and in pain. Every little movement was agonizing. No, no. You mustn't move. He will be upset. Very upset. I still had no idea who was talking. I arched my back a bit to see behind me. There, a figure moved in the brush. Who are you? Shh, please. No talking. You mustn't know. Who are you? The figure got closer and made its way around the near bushes and the large rock until the man was standing hunched before me. Who are you? The man was frail, bony. He had a pale complexion, bulging eyes and thinning hair. He rubbed his hands together nervously. Shh, please. You mustn't do that. Where am I? Near the top of the rocks. Among the trees. See? He pointed up, then knelt by my feet. I felt his hands on my legs. I squirmed. Hey, what are you doing? I have to make sure. He'll be mad if I don't make sure. (laughs) Make sure of what? The strange man was doing something with the rope that kept my legs bound. Get off of me! Get off of me! No, no, no! You must stop! Do not move like that! Cut me loose! But he ignored me, doing a sort of hop and crawl towards the large rock. Was this the man I saw the first day when taking a piss on the beach? Yes, yes. Everything is almost ready now. Cut me loose, damn it! Cut me loose! Shh! He had his index finger up to his lips. Not so loud. He will hear. I don't give a shit. Let me go. The man went behind the large rock. I didn't know what he was doing. 
but I could see his balding head bouncing up and down in a giddy manner. He peered around the side, stared at me a moment, smiled, and then ducked back behind it. Hey! Whatever you're doing, stop! I rolled back and forth, trying to lift myself up. Eventually, I got to my side and pushed with my feet, bracing myself against a near tree trunk. I slowly inched my way up the bark until I was in a seated position. Now I could see an open area in the middle of the woods that was all rock, and not more than three yards in front of me, a large hole. Tree roots and leaves clung to the edges. What the hell? Hey! Just then, the strange man appeared from behind the near rock. He was close to the hole's edge. He carefully crouched and walked by it, staring down into the darkness. I'm sorry. For what? Attacking me? For hurting you. Thanks. Can you cut me loose? He won't let me. He takes care of me if I help him. Who is him? Gavin? Are you talking about Gavin? He says you're dangerous. Like the others. He wants a safe home. For me and for him. He worries. I have to help him. So I do. Please. My wife is back there. Please, just just cut me loose. You can't leave me here. No. He crouched down and came toward me. No, 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 no. You can't stay here. Not here. And where? That's when I noticed him peek at the hole. Wait, what? He slowly walked over to the large rock I was just next to. He pushed it close to the hole. What are you doing? But he didn't stop. Hey! But he continued. He pushed and pushed, and that's when I noticed the rope tied around its base. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. And with saddened eyes, he turned to face me. He then lowered his head and gave one final push to the rock. It disappeared. That's when a pile of rope sitting in a mound of leaves started unraveling. I followed the rope all the way to my legs. Shit! I tried to move, to stand, but it was of no use. Within seconds, the rope tightened. It swung up from the ground, pulling me down. And with my hand still behind my back, I could do nothing as the rope yanked me towards the hole. No! Wait! Hey! Hey! No! I tried my best to grasp at anything, but it was useless. And suddenly, I flipped over the edge and sunk into total darkness. The Stone House Written and edited by Robert M. Lamb Starring Corey Pettit as Delilah Robert M. Lamb as Val Jack Austin as Gavin Co-starring Amy LeRae Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Visit sevenlamb.com for more podcasts such as this. This has been a Seven Lamb production.